It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Now it's about time to bring in the big guns. You see, we've waded through a bunch of simpy, fussy rules about God being jealous, just worried that we're going to be, oh, you know, unfaithful to other gods, not wanting us to make images of him because we might end up liking the idol better than him's, setting aside a day when we do nothing but doodle in church and think about him, and also an overly exuberant, impractical focus on our nuclear family, which often leaves us with no sense of brotherhood and sisterhood with the other humans on the planet. It is a mess. So far, we've just put together a really crowded kitchen junk drawer. Everybody's got one of those, right? Go check in the junk drawer. Go check the Ten Commandments and see if there's anything in there we might need to use. We've closed ourselves off to make sure... (laughs) We've closed ourselves off to make sure we honor a narrow little pathway pretending it's like life on earth as a whole. So at this point, Moses, using his famed list, launches what I dub, what I consider of the Ten Commandments, to be the big guns. Because finally, Moses starts talking about people problems instead of sharing about God's neurosis and his therapy sessions with himself. You know number five, don't you? Number five of ten. And now coming in on number five this week on the charts, Thou shalt not kill! Now when you get around biblical scholars, they'll tell you, this thou shalt not kill, it's actually, it's actually better translated, thou shalt not murder. You see, they make this distinction so we can go kick the shit out of those who aren't from our family or our country. And we can do it in the name of God. Also, the word kill is too broad a term, which might make us stop and wonder if we should maybe not step on the cockroach. Of course. Once we get over the back-and-forth discovery and the, the horror of crunching the roach, if we're not careful, we can begin to justify all sorts of behavior. That's what happened with Hitler. He killed off six million Jews. Why? By saying he was killing people? No! You justify it by referring to them as rats. Then, right, we're, we're no longer murdering humanity or people. We're just killing off an infestation. 
This is why today we, we, we don't talk about people. We, we talk about terrorists, aliens, rapists, invaders, misfits, criminals. See, the names are so scary that one would certainly want to go over there and stomp on them like a roach. See, this is the whole problem with the Ten Commandments. They talk about it, they talk about these guns of killing, but they do not address anything concerning the triggers. Guns work by triggers. What triggers us to get so angry that we want to take the life of another being? What sets us up to lose our sensibility and compassionate nature? See, this is where, you know, I'm sorry, this is where Christianity differs from Judaism. During his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that men of old used to say, Moses commanded you, thou shalt not kill. But Jesus wanted us to think about why we're so goddamn angry in the first place. He suggests that this anger, which often has no cause, am I right? We'll say, we'll say, I'm angry today, and people say, what's wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Just in a bad mood. This anger that often has no cause, just a temper tantrum, is the start of true killing. Guns don't go off without triggers. And studying these triggers will eventually certainly make us safer when we find ourselves forced to be around the guns, the danger of killing, or for my biblical scholars, the danger of murdering. Why do we become angry? I, I think of there's three reasons. Three reasons that come right off the top of my head. Number one, because we're inconvenienced. Number two, because we're ignored. Number three, because we're confronted or criticized. Can I go over them again? You ready? We get angry because we're inconvenienced, because we're ignored, or because we're confronted or criticized. So, walk with me here. What happens when a country like the United States with all of its atomic bombs, its ferocious military power, what happens when we allow ourselves to get upset with another country because it inconvenienced us? Maybe it ignored our wishes or maybe just confronted us and said they don't want our particular style of government. Well, let's be honest, those are the triggers. And historically, the result has proven to be killing. So now, follow now. Since we, America, are often writing the history books, we can't refer to this as a killing. So what we call it is war. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but every war has a goal, and that's to kill until you get your will. K 
kill until you get your will. Now here come the Bible scholars again. Da, 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 da. It's not killing because the Ten Commandments say killing means murder. We're not murdering. We're protecting freedom and our own interest and establishing truth, justice, and the American way. Here's a question. Can we express our interests, our freedom, and our truth, justice, and the American way by using words? Or must it be acted out in violence? Because let's be honest, we're a country that's been in business for 243 years. In that 243 years, we've spent nearly 55 years at war. We've, we've confronted nearly every country in the world at one time or another, from England to the Soviet Union. There have been times we have learned to express in words our fr frustration, and we actually succeeded in diplomacy and therefore eliminated killing slash murder, or is it murder slash killing? But there are times, and it doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat, you know this is true, there are times when we go into war under false pretenses and continue to slaughter human beings since we were already there and loaded. This is not an issue of patriotism. This is literally, I'm telling you literally, a life and death issue. Starting with a cockroach, we must ask ourselves in this order what we feel about practices that terminate life. For in other words, let's, let's start with, are we going to kill animals? Next question. Are we going to kill unborn babies? Next question. Are we going to kill our enemies? How about this? Are we going to kill criminals through capital punishment? And there's a new one coming up in our society. Are we going to promote the killing of people of color through the police force simply because by the time we figure out that it just might be a racial issue, there's already a huge body count? For the gun, in this case, is killing, but the, the trigger is anger, the anger of inferiority, the anger of prejudice, the anger of racial disharmony, the anger of sexual tension. How can we deal with the trigger so we don't have to pull it so often and use the damn gun to kill. What causes us to be so angry? How can we avoid feeling inconvenienced, ignored, and confronted? Inconvenienced, ignored, and confronted. I think it starts in early in our childhood. Every human who walks the earth should be told, you will be inconvenienced. You will be ignored. You will be confronted. 
You need to develop a profile that's, that is something other than violence and use it when one of these three things happen. You need to develop a profile that is something other than violence and use it when you are inconvenienced, ignored, or confronted. I wanted to repeat this back to you because it's so very important to us to understand that even in our pursuit of food and meat, we need, we need to make sure there is no anger and frustration involved with the animal kingdom. The American Indians, for instance, the Native Americans were upset when the settlers, because they killed the buffalo for sport, leaving the meat to rot on the prairie. Don't kill unless you're going to eat. Don't kill unless you're going to eat. Can we learn to be inconvenienced, ignored, and confronted without becoming angry, which, generally speaking, often leads to killing? I've taken this time in my life to develop a more sober attitude toward the treatment of animals. For me to continue to believe that abortion, although I, I agree it's a woman's choice because of our Constitution, but for me to continue to believe that abortion is normal is ridiculous. A fetus dies, something living dies. I need to understand that our enemies often need more from us economically than we understand, and therefore negotiations are, are plausible. And finally, I need to get deep in my brain that capital punishment is a disgrace. I'll tell you why. Because when the first murder occurred and Cain killed his brother Abel, God could have come and whacked him with a thunderbolt, and we'd have had our first electrocution. But God did not demand Cain's life. He sent him away, and therefore gave him a chance to rehabilitate. It's time to see the Ten Commandments through the eyes of the Christian message, instead of the Jewish one. There were many things that Moses taught that Jesus contradicted and developed his own unique approaches to. So his followers and disciples could use their lives more effectively. The first big gun that we, we just went over is thou shalt not kill or murder, take your pick. But we must understand that it happens because we are angry, and we're angry because we're ignored, inconvenienced, and confronted. We must think about our trigger, these triggers, and find a way for more thoughtful, creative, peaceful conclusions. Killing is never right, never whether it's necessary for preservation should be dealt with on a case-by-case -case basis. But we can't take the people who are against abortion 
and allow those same people to be in favor of killing Arabs. The hypocrisy is freakishly overwhelming. And we certainly cannot take people who are just so afraid that we're going to kill a fox and turn it into a fur, but they have no problem accepting abortion and think that that has any place in our rational thinking. So the good news is, if you find the trigger, you don't have to use the gun to kill. And the better news is, the trigger is located in our reaction to being inconvenienced, ignored, and confronted. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.